it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Coming up on this WTF one-to-one, I speak to F1 world champion Mario Andretti, who may well be joining the sport with his very own F1 team. It was great to hear stories of what it was like to drive in Formula One back when he was in it, and also to get his thoughts on what Formula One is like now, in his opinion. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new podcast series called WTF One to One with me, your host, Matt Gallagher, where I'll be chatting to some legendary names across motorsport. Today, we have a very special guest indeed. He is one of only two drivers to have won races in Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, and the World Sports Car Championship. Not only that, but he's also a Formula One world champion, winning the title in 1978. Safe to say, it's a pretty damn awesome guest indeed. It is, of course, Mario Andretti. Mario, how are you? Welcome. Wonderful, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for taking the chance to have me on your show. Oh, well, thank you for spending the time. Uh, we've uh, collated some questions from some fans. Uh, we put a tweet out quite recently, and a lot of people were excited to have you uh, on the show. Uh, so we're just going to dive into some questions, obviously a lot of them around Formula One. Uh, so I'm going to start with one from Claire Rook. Uh, and this is probably a question you've been asked many times. Uh, how far along is your bid to join the Formula One grid. Uh, Claire Rook says, I'd love to see an Andretti F1 team. Have they met any resistance from Formula One teams? First of all, how is the Formula One bid going? Well, I think it's it's going pretty well at the moment. Uh, in a sense, uh, we're uh, working on it every day, uh, every single day. Uh, we have a team on the ground, uh, uh, you know, basically in Europe and, uh, and here. So uh, Michael, and his team and myself uh, were uh, every single day answering questions and uh, and uh, just tried to comply with uh, all the requests. And uh, so uh, that's all we can do. I mean, uh, we're waiting for them to just tell us, OK, what else do you need? What else do you want to know? And uh, so far, I don't know anything that uh, we have not complied with. So tell us a little bit about the process of trying to join Formula One. I imagine it's quite a lengthy procedure. Yeah, I don't think we have the time on this uh, time <laughs> for this show to uh, to explain everything. It's uh, it's quite complicated, and they obviously can make it as complicated as they like. Uh, you know, it's it's all in their hands, and it's uh, you know, it's Formula One, it's uh, Liberty Media, the FOM, and all that. Uh, obviously, the teams have a say on it. Uh, so uh, you have to satisfy so many factions. Uh, again, they can make it as difficult as they please. Uh, so um, uh, I, uh, you know, sometimes I'm, uh, I cannot believe that uh, the process has to be this complicated. But uh, uh, they, they have to realize how serious we are, how committed we are. And it's not just in and out. Uh, I mean, it's a long, long-term commitment with the investment that is going to be made. So 
please take us seriously. I mean, uh, this is all we do. This is all we love. This is all we've ever done in our professional life. So um, what's the problem here? So that's that's really uh, where, where we stand. So, uh, yeah, we we want to be on we want to be on a grid in 2024. You just want to go racing. It's as simple as that. We want to go racing. Yes, this is our life. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So uh, Claire Rook actually did put, uh, part of uh, their question was around meeting any resistance from Formula One teams because you mentioned they do have a say in all of this. Is that where the main blockage is right now, or is there any other area that's a particular struggle? Well, you know, it seems like um, you can speak with some team principals, and uh, you get some, you know, you get an idea, and you have some sort of an agreement, then. All of a sudden, it's uh, the situation turns, you know. So um, it's not very clear, you know, uh, where the actual resistance is at the moment. But uh, I would say the teams, uh, perhaps, or the Liberty side is probably the most problem. So what does it say about Formula One then if they say no to you joining? Well, uh, it would be... uh, the biggest disappointment of our life in motorsports, no question, you know, to be uh, totally shut out of something that we love, something we have done, something we have lived for, something that uh, uh, for me has been uh, the basic love of, uh, of uh, how, it was, how my love for the sport was born, Formula One. And then uh, if they reject us, I think it would be, uh, uh, for me, probably the worst moment of my career let's spin it on a positive let's say it does it does happen uh there's a a, a user on twitter called uh, pingu newt 92 who asks if andretti racing is joining formula one uh do you have who will be uh, your power unit supplier well i cannot go into details you know we have agreements and so forth but uh uh you know until you have uh, all the pieces together you cannot i cannot divulge uh that type of information. Uh, all I can tell you is that uh, uh, all of those aspects are solid. You know, otherwise we would not even be talking. So you have to take that. And um, but as far as the uh, ultimate details, I cannot give you that at the moment. I'm sorry. No problem. I thought I'd ask anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I guess looking at Formula One as a whole at the moment, of course, you want to join. You say 2024. What do you think of the current state of Formula One? at the moment is it in a good place in your opinion oh i think it's wonderful yes indeed uh, no question about it um and uh, uh, yes uh, i mean uh it's all positive and so in, in everywhere i don't see any negatives there at the moment uh i mean it's uh, uh i think uh, the fan base is growing uh the uh, uh, the racing is fabulous uh, the teams that the driver talent, uh, the driver pool is uh, as good as ever. Um, you have this uh, great rivalries uh, happening. Ferrari is competitive again. You know, all of these factors play huge uh, in, in maintaining the interest and making it uh, what it should be. So uh, you can always uh, be able to tell, you know, the level of interest uh, when you're looking forward to the next race and uh and you know we can always just wait wait and uh, we cannot you know wait for the next race to happen uh because uh it's now it's unpredictable and uh and that's the fascinating part about it 
Yeah, exactly. It gives you great opportunities if you join Formula One as well. You don't exactly know where you'll shake up straight away. Uh, and, right. and on the flip side of that, uh, apart from probably making the process of joining Formula One a lot easier, is there anything else that you'd change? Well, no, I mean, offhand, I, yeah, you could have some other opinions here and there, but in general, I think uh, a lot of things are working. Um, I think uh, uh, they're having some issues uh, with the car, with the, you know, with the new rules, uh, uh, you know, the downforce aspect is creating all some of this purpose in which, uh, again, it's actually uh, more than annoying <laughs> for the drivers and uh, some of the teams are having worse issues than others. Um, but um, all of that is going to get cured sooner or later. So um, that's really basically the biggest thing that uh, at the moment needs attention to. Now, there's a question from Max2223, who asks, if you could pick two drivers to join Andretti in Formula One, who would they be and why? Well, I, uh, I will just pick one at the moment. Uh, the, the second one, I mean, is, uh, is, uh, is open, but uh, uh, the first one would be uh, Colton Herta. I've said this many times, uh, and uh, I just really think that um, uh, he's the right talent to, uh, to join that. Formula One because he really, really wants it. And um, he has trained there as a youngster. Uh, I can say, you know, I've said it many times uh, back in Formula Ford, you know, with the likes of Lando Norris and so forth. And he has some, uh, and, and his road racing is impeccable, uh, his skills. So I, um, yeah, that's the one that uh, obviously is slated for, uh, the, you know, the, to have the one, one seat and the other one uh, it could be uh, you know anyone at the moment you never know what the opportunities would be but uh, um, the the number one uh, right now is the most important for me okay interesting uh, there's been a lot of talk around potentially it being a, a full american driver lineup is that ideally what you'd like or is it quite open and you're not certain just yet I think that side needs to be reassessed or, or assessed, quite honestly. Um, I think on the other side, on the second driver, you need some experience, some solid experience um, alongside of uh, Colton so he can measure up against something like that because uh, that's the only way you can evaluate the performance of the car. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think but all of these have been evaluated even as we speak. Okay, interesting. We'll we'll wait to to hear some more droplets of information as as and when hopefully the process uh, starts to clear up for you. Uh, going away a little bit from uh, your Formula One team, you want to introduce and more to yourself and potentially driving a Formula One car. Thanks to Zach Brown, is there any update with that? Is is that happening? Yes, uh, obviously. You know, Zach Brown when he says something, uh, his word is good as gold. So um, uh, yes, I I speak with him uh, frequently, and uh, and yeah, it's slated uh, to be at uh, Coda, uh, you know, during the race weekend. And I think they have some time available for me to do a few laps, uh, and I'm so looking forward to that, as you can imagine. Uh, so uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm counting on it. I know it's uh, it's going to happen. Wow, that would be uh, quite the experience. Is that in the, the the 22 car? Is it a show car? What do you know? Any details just yet? Well, it would have to be uh, last year's car. It would have to be uh, yes, uh, 
the present car is not allowed to uh, to be attested, uh, you know, openly. Uh, so by anyone outside of uh, present uh, uh, drivers that, you know, they're with the team. So that that's part of the regulations. So, they're not going to put you in a free practice one. Oh, that's what I was hoping for, you know, just uh, <laughs> get back out there. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever they want me to do, I'll do it. That's amazing. Uh, I guess then you won't you won't be concerned as much then uh, if it's a twenty one car for any porpoising, which has obviously been a big uh, a big talking point in Formula One this year. Well, I I'm very familiar with porpoising. I think it was invented when uh, I was driving with Lotus, so um, I know all those qualities, and uh, it is uh, indeed annoying uh, to the driver, and more even than that. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, except that the only good thing about porpoise is that means you have really, really good downforce. So you have that going for you. If it doesn't <laughs> porpoise very much, that means that downforce af- effect is is rather light. <laughs> yeah, good grip, but maybe not so much uh, great visibility when you're bouncing up and down that much. There uh, you go. I so you- take the grip all day, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so you say you've experienced it yourself um, when you were driving. Uh, would, you, would you say it was worse, different? How, how would you compare the porpoising you kind of experienced to, uh, you know, you saw Mercedes last time out in Baku and, and how ferocious it was there. Is it comparable? It's comparable, but I think uh, the... Uh, the purpose is, is more frequent right now. I see that uh, it's uh, it's even uh, when I purpose, you know, I was was not the frequency was not as great as what I see today. Today, it's just, you know, that that type of thing, which uh, has to be re- clearly. I mean, uh, listen to the drivers, um, you know, to the reaction. Uh, I understand exactly what they're saying. And uh, and on a physical aspect, uh, it's uh, it's got to work on you pretty hard because you're out there for, you know, an hour and a half plus. Uh, and, um, yeah, uh, but, it, you know, some have a better handle to that than others, you know. Uh, not every car is equal, as you can imagine. Uh, so uh, sooner or later, they'll... Come, we'll, we'll come to grips with it, you know, that uh, we all did at one point. But it has a lot to do with the regulations, you know, because uh, how far do you push the regulation? That's what it really is. And uh, and so uh, the only way that you will get rid of porpoise if uh, somehow the rules would have to would change dramatically so everyone else has to comply with it. I think a lot of the uh, obviously teams have been spreading out their upgrades a little bit more due to the you know the the limitations of the cost cap, for example. That's something, of course, you'll have to factor in hopefully when you join twenty twenty four. How problematic is that cost cap being in place in terms of developing? Well, problematic. I mean, it's uh, something everyone everyone has to deal with, and uh, you try to deal with it, um, you know, um, as masterfully as possible. It's like uh, you're given something and um, you got to figure out how to take the best advantage of it. Uh, and that's it. But if it's something that's everyone has to deal with, uh, uh, that, that, that's it. And I don't know what else you could say about it. Interesting stuff. Going back slightly to uh, you driving the F1 car, how would you drive it? Would you just go all out? Would you think, well, this isn't my car? What's, what's the mentality going to be when you get in the, get in the cockpit? Well, obviously, uh, uh, I, I want to bring the car back, you know, in one piece. So uh, I, I want to satisfy myself to the point that uh, I have a really a decent feel of it. I know what a feel of a race car should be. And uh, 
and you know and have that as uh, as an experience uh, of uh, of my latest life <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah and savor that to the fullest uh, i uh, so much appreciate that opportunity that you cannot i cannot even express that uh, because this is what i live for and um, and so it means so much to me um, it's uh, it's amazing that um, you know Zach Brown and, and McLaren is making that available to me. I uh, I just I will owe him forever. I can promise you it will uh, it will make some headlines uh, when that happens. There'll be some uh, amazing content I'm sure coming out of it. Right, next question uh, is from Kieran underscore Shaker. Uh, with the new American tracks being focused on street circuits, is there an existing classic American circuit? you feel would be perfect for Formula One? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think great Formula One circuit would be uh, Road America, Elka <laughs> Lake, where Indy was just this past weekend. It's got the length of the lap. It's got uh, all of what the drivers really love as far as the, you know, elevations and uh, uh, Marietta corners, great overtaking points. Um, but it, it, I don't think it's up to the levels to the standard of Formula One at the moment as far as the infrastructure. Uh, but as far as the circuit itself, all you have to do is ask Roman Grosjean, you know, who's fresh from Formula One. It's just the love, love, love that is just like it's the American spa, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, that's the one that I would say. But, you know, uh, Coda uh, Austin is a fabulous circuit uh, in America. We should be, we're very proud of that. But honestly, I mean, it's, uh, it's it, uh, I, I don't know if any driver don't really uh, enjoy driving that circuit. So we have it right there and it's happening. Um, yeah, uh, of course, uh, you, you know, in Miami now in Las Vegas, uh, Miami, we experienced there were some issues, I think, with the, the the, 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 what they did with the, uh, the, the, the surfacing, you know, and I think it would have been really good if it was a wet race or something like that, because I was, I was looking, it was very coarse and so on and so it would have drained very well, but uh, uh, it was a dry race. And so the grip level was not all that good because, uh, you know, there were a lot of marbles, uh, you know, you know, and the, the track being so coarse, it was, um, you know, it was just a really, creating a bit of havoc with the tires. So it was creating marble. So if, we, if you went offline, um, you were in a bit of trouble, but the, all of that is going to be cured. Uh, they, uh, I give them credit for what they've done as far as uh, the first effort. Uh, and uh, they're willing to just do things right. So uh, next year, I think all of that is going to be uh, resolved. And uh, Vegas, uh, yet to see, you know, we all have yet to see uh, what that's going to be like, but um, nevertheless, uh, all of these uh, impromptu circuits, if you will, you know, they, they provide a very special challenge. And um, as a driver, some drivers, I'm sure, uh, like the idea, some don't. But uh, nevertheless, uh, it's equal for everyone to uh, to deal with. And um, but um, the efforts are there; they're honest the efforts. Uh, a lot of investment, and uh, when you have a lot of investment, it represents a solid future. You know, so the fact that um, next year you'll be looking at, at three Formula One events uh, in the United States is uh, totally awesome uh, for uh, 
for the you know for the for the strength of uh, what we have now is that every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's a Formula One fan base. How amazing has it been uh, to see America take Formula One into its loving arms, it seems, since the, the likes of Drive survived and things like that? Have you noticed a change? Oh, everyone has. Yes, indeed. And that's, uh, to me... And motor racing is motor racing. I just love motor racing, period. Uh, I love, um, uh, you know, all the different disciplines. Uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, that's, again, that's what I've enjoyed. That's what gave me all the satisfaction in my entire career. And uh, so uh, Formula One was at the very beginning of my life. And it will always be there. And um, so I love Formula One, love Indy cars. Uh, NASCAR loves sports prototypes, so uh, you have it. An incredibly versatile driver you were as well uh, when you were driving. Um, is there a we, we spoke about Colton Herter and you know him being your number one uh, if you were to to come in in 2024? Is there any other driver that comes to mind that deserves to be in Formula One, even if it's right now and, and not driving for for your team? Yeah, I think. Again, I think the, it depends on the individual, but that the, the talent level up there in Indy, I think, uh, is is superb in my opinion. Uh, you can't tell me that Alex Pelot would not be uh, one, for instance. Uh, you got um, uh, I don't know that uh, Joseph Newgarden for one uh, is another one that I, I see right at this. At the, Top level of uh, in road racing. I mean, uh, I think Rossi would probably uh, with the right equipment again. I think uh, he would have a lot to offer. Uh, yeah, there's several. I think that uh, if providing they really wanted to, if they had uh, the right opportunity, they could get the job done. No question. It's all vice versa. I mean, it's uh, um, you know, it's not superhuman. Uh, to, you know, to just be in Formula One. If you're in Formula One, uh, if you're at the top level of this uh, discipline, especially, uh, you know, IndyCar, if you're at the top level, I, th I think you'd be able to cut it in Formula One if you really wanted to. But it has to be a basic, strong desire to do it, not just, oh, yeah, okay, I'd rather give it a... you got to really want it. It's nothing like uh, if you're driven by burning desire, you get it done. So do you think that's maybe why we haven't seen more indie drivers go over to Formula One is because they just don't have the burning desire? Is it a lack of opportunity? Where, where do you think the, uh, the problem lies a little bit? Yeah, I think it lies in that, like you said. It, uh, I think uh, uh, the one thing about America, uh, it's probably the only country on the planet that uh, can offer a top-level career, you know, without really uh, technically having a passport. Uh, because uh, uh, we can see, I mean, uh, drivers can specialize like an IndyCar, can specialize in NASCAR or just even sports prototype and not even go abroad. Um, and um, 
and that's what you have. And some, you know, I look at myself, I was born and raised in Europe. I fell in love uh, with Formula One because that was the, uh, you know, the, the, the supreme uh, motorsports at the time, you know, living in Italy and, and all that, you know, obviously in the 50s, having current world champions there, Ferrari, Maserati and so forth. Um, you know, being at the top level of uh, performance and, uh, uh, you know, but if I was born with that and so my passion has got to be so different than if you're born here, even looking at uh, my own, my, my own kids, you know, and so forth, they, uh, they were not born with that, you know, they, uh, they were first exposed like to Indy cars or whatever. So, um, it's hard to really, for me to, uh, uh, calculate how all of this plays, but, uh, I can only speak for myself. Um, and if, again, during my career, I could have just specialized in one area to stay there, but, uh, I just looking, I was looking for just challenges that gave me, uh, so much satisfaction by not just there, but trying to win you know, in, in a different category, the different disciplines. And, uh, uh, and the trick is clearly, you know, to be with a team that gives you a capable equipment. You know, you cannot perform miracles, obviously, no matter how good you think you are, you need the equipment to, to get it done, the team behind. And, uh, you know, uh, I was very fortunate that uh, when I in Formula One, I had some great opportunity with the right teams and, uh, even when I went to NASCAR, you know, I had a factory team and everything and, uh, and prototypes again, you know, Ferrari, Porsche and all that. Um, and you need to be armed with that. Uh, without that, you just can't get it done. Uh, that's clear, clear, clear. Um, but, um, you know, going back to, uh, it's an individual thing. But look at the, all of a sudden, uh, uh, Fernando Alonso, for instance, you know, he, he put a, he went on a hiatus in Formula One. He figured, oh, I've got to try something else. And, and just because he wanted to do it, look how successful he was. Because he has a talent, but he had the desire. He has to have that burning desire to do it. Not to do it to satisfy somebody else. You have to satisfy yourself first. That's all. I never did anything to satisfy anybody else, you know, uh, any of my friends or I want to satisfy myself. If I'm satisfying myself, that's all it, that's all I need to do. Yeah. So it's, it, I guess it's that you just have to focus absolutely on yourself, whether it's training, racing, making connections, all whatever it. it just, it, it takes up your whole life. I imagine. Yeah, it does. But I mean, uh, uh if you want it so badly, I mean, uh, I, I was looking forward to that to me. Uh, getting in the race car was look, looking forward to going to work. How many people look forward to going to work? Well, that's a blessing in life, isn't it? And uh, I've been blessed my entire life because uh, I couldn't hardly wait to get in a race car. I still do today in my own ways, you know. So it's, uh, I'm, you know, it's something that uh, it means so much. It gives me just a uh, uh, reason to live type of thing. It's that deep. No, it's amazing to hear. And uh, it's a great segue as well, because I've got some questions uh, about uh, your career. Uh, ben Carroll 971 uh, asks, what is the single greatest memory from your career, if you can choose one? Well, here again, uh, uh, on the personal side, 
I think I have to go back to how it all started, where it started, and uh, um, my true passion where from uh, where a plan B was not part of my career. Plan A only was when I saw my very first Grand Prix, you know, at age 14 in Monza in Italy, 1954. And then, you know, at that point, the impossible dream was to become a Formula One driver, emulate uh, my idol, Alberto Scotti, being a world champion. You know, as a kid, you're allowed to dream, right? And then when all of that came true and uh, clinching the world championship in Monza, winning the Monza, you know, the Grand Prix of Italy, um, on a personal side, no one could put more value than that but me. And uh, have I been blessed about other things, you know, winning four national championships, winning dirt track championship and, and, and all of that, uh, winning Indy and, 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 you know, some of those events. Uh, but uh, uh, as the ultimate personal satisfaction, you know, uh, what I was really satisfaction was that because that's where the dream began. And it was an impossible dream that came true. It's, uh, it's lovely to hear. That is, uh, that's, that's really, uh, really cool. Is there, there's another question from John T's underscore corner, which is tied in a little bit with that. What meant more to you uh, when you won the Formula One World Drivers' Championship Daytona 500 or Indy 500? Was there one particular out of those three? Well, I, I don't think you can compare a championship with one race. That's one thing that uh, uh, here again, uh, I'll give you, for instance, when I won the Indy 500 in 1969, uh, the national championship meant a lot more to me than the Indy 500. However, career-wise, there was more value in the Indy 500, unfortunately, quite honestly, but that's the way it is. Just like a, a NASCAR, Daytona is the crown jewel of a NASCAR series, but is, it, is that more important for a driver than winning a championship? I don't think so. Uh, so uh, here's the way I, you cannot measure one race versus a championship. Uh, so, you know, when I look in 69, uh, winning the national championship, I won counting for the championship races on the dirt, on a super speedway oval, short oval. Uh, I even won Pikes Peak to counter for the points. And, and uh, so that was, to me, that was the crowning point, you know. And, and the Indy, yeah, obviously. But unfortunately, everybody just thinks or remembers Indy. Oh, I was there, the Indy 500, you know. Well, what about the rest of the season? <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, there's value in, in that, and you know. But I look at the bigger picture. Uh, championships are championships. Uh, so again, I hope I explained myself there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you did. Um, the question uh, that I've got is: with all of that success, how did you manage yourself and stay grounded? Because obviously, success can change people and lead you down different paths. How was it that you? kept going and kept winning was there any particular sort of approach that you had uh when doing this well again it's always just looking forward to the next 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 experience you know and uh if you look forward to it uh that's what you want in life uh and and having uh good support you know from my family from 
my wife especially, you know, she was the one who was so grounded, so just even solid, uh, you know, no ticker tape parade when I won and then, uh, and then, you know, just be somber, you know, when you don't, everything was even. I got the same welcome, same kiss when I came back from a race, whether I had a trophy with me or not, all of that meant a great deal. And I even realized that even later in life, you know, when uh, you start reflecting on certain aspects of your life and uh, said, you know, how valuable that was for me. Uh, and, uh, and again, uh, all of those things played uh, tremendously, but the bottom line is how much are you enjoying it? And are you really looking forward to it? I don't know if everybody does. I couldn't, get enough of racing. I mean, I was doing, you know, in, during my, even during my championship in Formula One, uh, I won three IndyCar races for Roger Penske. I won the, uh, the IROC championship, you know, with the, you know, with the, it was, uh, IROC was international, uh, you know, uh, was international uh, racing champions, yeah, something like that. Um, you know, with all the equally prepared cameras where you had uh, drivers from all the different disciplines coming together. And, uh, you know, so again, what I'm saying is I couldn't get enough. And there are times when even uh, my wife, DM would say, uh, you, you know, it looks like a weekend off. Do you have to? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm racing somewhere else you know, type of thing. So I always wanted to plug. I didn't have to do it. I could have just stayed, you know, okay, I'll take a weekend off, especially Formula One. You always get, and then you get a weekend off and so forth. No, on that weekend, I was racing some something else. Uh, why did I have to? No, I wanted to. I needed that. That's it. I don't know how to explain it any different. No, I needed it. It's I crystal needed. clear. <laughs> You can see, you can still see that burning passion now. That's uh, that's that's really awesome to see. Uh, you've mentioned and listed off a lot of victories. I've got to ask, where is this trophy room, and is it the size of a town? Like, where do you where do you store all your trophies? Oh, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, we have uh, trophies around. We have them uh, upstairs. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, trophies are there. They represent my work, and uh, just you know, just looking around, it brings back some sweet memories, of course. Uh, yeah, that uh, that's a great reminder. Obviously, when I just walk past, oh yeah, I've been there. That was a great day, and all that. So, how many do you reckon you've got in total? Well, in total, there's around it was a four hundred thirty-six or something. <laughs> that's a lot. Trophies, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of trophies. And do you have all of them? I have. Uh, I don't have six Formula One trophies. I. Uh, I loaned them to uh, to Lotus uh, at one point, and I never got them back uh, because I had a big, uh, yeah, manifestation or something, and then somehow I never got them back. Okay, four hundred and thirty though—that's still quite a lot. <laughs> uh, final question is: Who will win the F one World Championship this year? Well, <laughs> I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had that power, but. Um, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm looking at what would be good. I think uh, uh, obviously very, very popular uh, with Max Verstappen, you know, for him, uh, since it was a bit controversial, if he would repeat uh, to show that, uh, you know, but he didn't have to prove anything more, but just to say, okay, I've done it again. Um, and 
I think for Formula One would be very healthy if Ferrari, if uh, say Charles Leclerc could come with a championship. Um, uh, I think it, it it would, in my opinion, uh, it would probably would animate that uh, huge, huge Ferrari fan base all over the globe, you know, in, in a way that you could ever imagine again. Um, so that's, that's really, those are the two aspects that I have. Um, and who knows? I mean, uh, each one, each one of these is very possible. Then you could have a surprise somewhere, somewhere, who knows? I mean, that's, uh, uh, you cannot predict it. There's a lot of season yet left, as you can imagine. So, but uh, these are the two things that uh, I would probably uh, like to see that would be actually good for Formula One. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Mario, for, for coming on uh, this WTF one to one. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. And uh, be sure to keep an eye on our socials to see who will be next on this podcast series. Thank you all. Bye bye.